The Athen Real Talk podcast explores controversial ideas to stimulate debate and active thinking. These ideas do not always reflect Athen's personal views. Welcome to the Athen Real Talk podcast. He has been called the best gamer in the world, hands down. World famous gamer and philanthropist Athen. Gaming for good, it's called, has raised more than $20 million. Using his notoriety to raise money for charity. On activism, science, culture, and self-development. I'm proud to have him in the studio today. I would not want to take you on in a video game. The other hype says, if life is not about how you feel, then what's the point of life if your entire life is just live for everything but how you feel? I mean, life isn't about making yourself happy. And what the heck is the point? Just to suffer for others and die seems like a bad deal to me. Not angry at you, by the way. Just at the futility of life. The thing is, though, you don't get to come and say what life is about. It's like you don't get to make an opinion. You know, it's a very interesting thing, rather, right? Really think about my answer. Like, really think about it. Because when you take a step back and you think about it, you say, like, damn shit, that's true. I mean, we live in a society where people think they're entitled to their own facts. And they're entitled to have their own opinion about facts and disagree with it. Just like they disagree with a point of view. They think they can just disagree with facts. And that's the thing, like, you get this very warped reality. Like, the Trump era has really pushed this even more in our faces to show how everything doesn't even matter whether it's real or not. Facts become less and less important. And that's the thing. At the end of the day, you are entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. And the thing is, life is not about how you feel. That's a fact. Life is about life itself. When you look at evolution and you look at cells and how they evolved to what you've become, the mere reason why you even feel is a tool for life to thrive. That's it. Your feelings are a tool. They're not a goal, an end goal. The only reason why you make it your end goal is because you're confused about what you are. When you say like, yeah, I think it's a bad deal to me or it's this or it's that, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think about it because it's just about what it is. And let me tell you something even nicer that you can more relate to. If you see a very nice girl, right? And she's really very compassionate and cares for you and all that stuff. And you feel very warm inside and all that shit. The reason why that all happens is because of biological reasons. The reason why that makes you happy is for biological reasons. The reason why you like to be around people, you like to have a social you know, network is because of biological reasons. Everything that defines how you feel, your hormone balances and everything, is because of biological reasons. There is reason for that survival, to thrive, reasons. The feelings are merely the tool to get you to do stuff. It's the carrot on the stick. But it is not what it is about. When you zoom out, life is about life itself, which is moving forward and evolving and all that stuff. So if you make it about yourself, you're not even making it about yourself. You're making it about an idea of what you think you are that has been conditioned through society. This entire chase for happiness, it's a PR trick for you to buy shit you don't need. It's a scam. And the thing is that I'm going to tell you something really interesting. The ship of thesis, is that what you call it? It's basically a thought experiment. When you have a boat, right, and you replace each part of the boat, at which point do you have a new boat? And the reason why I'm giving you this simple example is because it's happening all the time with you. You're this ship of thesis that is constantly on a molecular level being replaced. Yet you have this idea that you're the same ship. But in essence, you're constantly ever-changing. There is no such a thing as this is what you are. Even the ship is constantly ever-changing. There is no such a thing as this is the ship. All the molecules, all the atoms, the ship is always different. It's the concept of a ship in our mind that stays the same. The information that we connotate with the ship 
the binary sequence that stays the same. But the ship on itself, in reality, is constantly ever-changing when you look on a molecular level. Same with you, with your neural activity and everything. So when you come and say like, oh yeah, what is the meaning of life if it's not about happiness? Like the reason why you say that is just because you're right now, in this single moment, having certain beliefs and neural networks or whatever firing, making you believe that. But in essence, you are just what you are. That's it. Everything you experience, there is no such a thing as external. Everything is just you. And the moment you make the distinction and say it's like this concept of who I am is me, you're going against what you are. And the moment you dismantle that, you start seeing that life is bigger than you, that you're just a small part in a bigger picture, and that is fine. And that is where you even get purpose and meaning and even a good feel. It's literally like you have kids, right? And you think like, why should I care about my kids? Because I'm going to die anyway. It's what's going to give you meaning and purpose. It's what you leave behind. Because accepting that, you know, you're part of something bigger is not a curse. It's not a drag or a burden. It's a relief. It's amazing to know that it's not all about you. How do I detach from what I'm emotionally attached to? Ran Shaji. There's two ways of going about it. Well, actually three. The first way is to uh, go about it very cognitively. So you really, you know, like try to understand how you feel and everything. And by doing so, reframe the emotions and just keep going to the core and relieve these emotions. The second way is going about it from a compassionate angle. So you just experience your emotions and you relieve them without having too much understanding in them. That's the second way. The third way is action. It's taking action, putting yourself in a situation where you have to help others and have the environment shape it properly. So the easiest way is to come over and just take away the choice. Take away the choice to allow yourself to be trapped in these loops because that's what it is. When you're busy with all these emotions and all this stuff, it's because you can. When you're in an environment, like literally, honestly, like it's one of the better treatments of schizophrenia and depression is putting people in a situation where they help other people. And the thing is, like, as long as you have choice, as long as you feel you can do all that stuff, you just, the path of least resistance is just to be, you know, this self-victimizing person that just makes stuff up and excuses. It's because you can and you can get away with it. It's an act of spoiledness. And when you're truly honest with yourself, you go like, damn shit, son, it's true. If I'm, you know, tomorrow dropped inside a jungle, I'm not going to be busy with my problems. I'm going to survive. A lot of people are confused because they can be confused. Not because they are confused, but because they have the opportunity to be confused. That's why people grow so much here, because they don't have the opportunity to be confused. They come over here, they don't do their best, they pack up and go back home. This viper says not to sit here and blame them, but we can't start making change to make our lives better by voting and working towards a system that actually helps people. I think voting, the way people see it, is a complete waste of time. I think on a certain level, voting actually takes people away from their true power because they go vote once every four years and they think they did their job. I did my commitment to society. I voted and I had a Sunday off and I voted. So I did what I had to do. No, voting is something you do with every single decision you make. You vote with what you buy. You vote with what you do. But just making it like, ah, yeah, my social responsibility is voting once every four years. It's very warped. Your responsibility has a much bigger array of things. And the moment you start looking at it like that, it's very different. Because then suddenly, it's not just about going and voting and thinking you did your job. Because that's the problem of society to begin with, is people just not taking responsibility and taking action. And that is something you do every day, and it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop when you don't feel like it. It doesn't stop when you say like, oh yeah, I think otherwise. No, it's just about what you are, like being responsible, taking action. 
And a lot of people sometimes have this binary thinking, but, but, Athene, Athene, if you, you know, it's a sacrifice, Athene. When I try to do good every day, it's a sacrifice. You crazy, Athene. Like, I cannot go and, like, look at me. I mean, I have a good life. More fulfilled than most people watching the stream. And I work my ass off every day. I still live a better life than the average Joe. A lot better life. I'm not complaining and I work my ass off every day. You know who get to complain? And funnily enough, these are the ones that complain the least because they just can't. These fathers that work 16 hours a day in mines in China to feed their kids and die at 30 or 40 years old because of toxication. These get to complain a little bit more. But we, all of you guys, we live a better life with more quality of life as a king in the Middle Ages. Pick any king, Caesar, doesn't matter. You have a better quality of life than Caesar had. More luxuries. And funnily enough, still yet, we take the path and saying like, man, it's such a sacrifice to help other people in need by just having to go a little bit out of my comfort zone. It's just batshit insane. I think you don't know where we come from or our lives. So you have no right to say we live luxury. Okay, you have access to a computer right now. What damn straight you do. Do you wonder how what to eat every day? I don't think so. Do you sleep in a bed? Yes, you do. Do you wonder whether you're going to make the night? You have a better quality of life than at least 30% on the planet. XRTC says, yeah, we are very lucky compared to people in Middle Asia, but what does that have to do with focusing your life on your personal happiness? What I'm just trying to explain you is that everything you feel entitled to and take for granted, this prison of mind is what's disabling you from being a better person. And it's not needed because the comfort you even experience and get out of it is not worth the damage you cause to other people by not helping them. It's your responsibility to take care of other people, just as society has taken care of you. It's not a, a one-way street. It's not what can the government do for you. It's also what you can do for the system. It's not what just the system can do for you. It doesn't work. It's a non-working format. So yeah, you don't even have to make that much sacrifices at all. I live a very comfortable life. Even when I work all the time, I'm constantly in the flow. I feel good. The problem is not that. The problem is if you are attached to all these things that have very little value. And that's why I do Real Talk, because it saves lives. Why is charity more impactful than, for example, developing AI? Charity is definitely not more impactful. Actually, charity is one of the least impactful things you can do. Because charity is run without so much independent quotas. What I mean with independent scrutiny. And basically, there is not a lot of competition. They just live and run by just charity money. And whether they do a job effective or not, it doesn't matter. Charity is very ineffective. What is much more effective, like industry and companies are way more effective because if they don't do their job, people lose their jobs. So charity is a less effective way of having an impact in the world. Then why are you doing charity then if it's not impactful? Well, the only reason why I raise money for charity children is because it gets multiplied by 10 and because it allows me to just talk about it as much as I want because I'm saving kids. It's like a lot of it is brand as well. And I'm just saying it. I'm not lying about it. It's like if I say like I raise more than $23 million for children in need, that gets me a lot more people to actually be interested in what I have to say than I'm just saying like, oh yeah, I started a company. I made, you know, so much money or whatever. Like if I want to speak to the good in people, having a track record where I help children in need has a much better marketing to it than one where I just say like, yeah, I'm developing AI. It's like, yeah, whatever. I already said that so many times in the past as well with uh, EFF. They protect net neutrality. It's way more important than uh, saving lives because without net neutrality, 
it doesn't fucking matter, you know? Like, uh, I wouldn't even be able to raise money. So developing AI is better otherwise than saving lives. I'm talking about charity. Helping children marketing move. Yeah, it is. Because there is way better things I can do to help children than raising money for a charity. Way better. You might say, what? Making a game. Having our own not-for-profit organization and implement universal basic income with almost zero overhead. That's way superior than me raising money for charity. You might say, but you're going to be raising money still for saving children. Yeah, because they will help us implement it on the ground because they have a lot of experience, a lot of contacts through many, many years, which also brings a certain level of value to the table that we cannot suddenly poof out of the hat. It also works really well with the game. Oh, we're raising money for saving children. Like, we'll get nice headlines, nice PR. You're going to look at the full picture. You might say, but the thing, that's so cold. Of No, it's not. It's the right thing to do. I already explained you guys this in the past. When I went on the field in Indonesia, we wanted to shoot stuff. And we were like, things look too pretty here. It wasn't looking like a sewer. The environment looked too pretty. So we made a troll video instead. Because people are simple. They see children with nice clothes that are washed with a nice environment. And it's like, why do I need to help them? They don't look uh, dirty, even though you don't need to be rich to not be dirty. You can be clean even if you are poor. People don't think like that. People think very simple. Same with the death of one person is murder. The death of a million is, is a statistic. Empathy is very primitive. You guys can rally against one person getting shot in the US while every day people are dying for no fucking reason. It just doesn't add up. And I know that. I understand that. I'm not trying to fight it and say like, hey, I'm going to go against the nature of people. Stupidity. I'm not going to do that. I just play with it to have the biggest impact. But at the end of the day, I always want to do as much good as I can. And having this honesty and being able to see things, you know, that way will get you far better results than the one where you just confuse and use the intersubjectivity to define your moral compass. I use reality, impact, that's it. I know charities are very ineffective. I know companies are also very ineffective. People are just in general very ineffective because they go about it for the wrong reasons. You know what's effective? This place here is damn effective. That's why in the next coming years, what we're going to do is going to be unseen. I don't try to convince people of that. We made a decentralized exchange in two weeks. Do you guys understand that or not? I don't know if people realize that. And that was only three people. We're going to make a game that has all the top games better, more user-friendly, while these people that were working on a game didn't even know coding. If you would give this project to Blizzard, it would take them freaking four or five years to make it with a team of 100 people that are experts, they wouldn't even be able to do it. A lot of the solutions that I came up with, there is no part in them that would even think about it because they just do their job. They go to their job, they do their job, and that's it, they get paid. It's a very inefficient mechanic to just do things in return for money. It doesn't make you passionate. It doesn't make you work really hard to get stuff done. But on the other hand, if you take full ownership of your own life and you treat your own life as you being your own CEO and not have other people boss you around, then you're going to work as hard as you can. It's way more effective. Yeah, charity is ineffective. Companies are ineffective. Being your own boss, that is effective. And using reason. It doesn't mean being here, but it does mean finding like-minded people. And as far as I know, I don't know any other place that does what we're doing. And if there is, let me know. Do you have any insights on presence? And do you ever feel your ego come true? Thank you in advance. NetApp1994. 
It's important to define what you mean with ego. The way I understand ego is basically the defense mechanism that hijacks your amygdala and can express itself through identity or through yelling or whatever, aggressivity. That's what I understand under ego. And ego has an actual function. It's like when you have two bears fighting for a mate, the mechanic of fight or flight is very much defined also by ego. If you have a strong ego reaction, you're defensive, you're protective, and you basically fight. While in the other situation, you submit yourself and you flight. And the thing is that it's a very normal mechanic that we have, but can be overridden through reason. If you're more cognitive, balanced, then when you are in a situation where you get threatened, you automatically more so follow the path of reason rather than the path of just being a mindless bully or aggressive or whatever, because it works better. The problem is it depends a lot where you grow up. If you grow up in an environment, I mean, my father is Moroccan, my mother is Belgium, so I literally have grown up with both sides in a sense, the ones that is more passive and understanding and the ones that is more in the offense. And that's also with Southern culture being very hostile towards each other due to scarcity, obviously, is much more common than in places where there's just more abundance. And But then you have the problem of being spoiled, of course. But either way, I'm not going to go into that. What I just want to explain is that when you grow up, you merely behave in the way you've been conditioned to learn what works and what doesn't work. So if you grow up in a very hostile environment, then you will just use these patterns to try and get what you want later in life. You can have a very strong ego because you assume that's what works because that's what worked when you were interacting with other people that were using the same dynamics. Because when you use reason to someone that is very ego, it doesn't work so well. They push you out, they bully you, or they try to gain control and uh, the best way of dealing with that in certain cases is to just react with ego against them in specific situations. But as things become more thought through and control is more defined by structures that are more thought through rather than just basically muscle, but rather brain, you shift away from this more ego dynamics and become more and more reasonable oriented, not so much because of DNA or whatever, but just because it works better. We are molded by our environment. So when you experience ego issues, for a big part, it has to do with how you grew up and how you got things when you were younger or whatever. And realize at a later age that it's not so productive, it's not so good in relationships, it's just overall not a good way of going about things and getting what you want. Basically, it boils down to what you get your safety out of. If you find more safety in having your ego protecting you, you will automatically, your inner child, like that vulnerable inner child that we grow up with, all of us, we're always, when we're very young, very vulnerable. If we learn that ego gives us more protection and more safety, we will naturally connect that to our reward center and feel more rewarded when we have this ego dynamics. While on the other hand, when reason got more what you wanted, then on a fundamental level, your inner child will feel more safe and comfort in reason. And if it's your parents taking care of you, then that's what's going to mainly give you safety and define your actions and decisions. And what I'm just always saying during the real talk every day, every day, the best thing you can find your safety in is the truth, is reality, is understanding it. And is you know, with reason and just do what makes sense and do what is right. The problem, though, is if you grow up in an environment where doing what is right gets punished or doesn't work as well, then you literally wire yourself your configuration gets set up, basically, to be fundamentally dysfunctional. 
And that's the case with almost everybody watching this stream. On a fundamental level, your configuration is completely dysfunctional. And when I say completely dysfunctional, what I mean with that is it's just not aligned with reality. And on a big part, you don't even care. Even when I say that, you don't care so much because what you care about is what works for you. And what works for you doesn't have to make sense. As long as it works, it's fine. I mean, the world works, goes around and around based on what works, not based on what is reasonable or what makes sense. That's why the world is such a clusterfuck. Although if more people would make sense, it would benefit all of us. But the reality is that it takes time for things for us to be more and more cognitively developed. We're actually still apes. We're still apes. We are literally the bridge between animal and more cognitive, powerful, yeah, really impulse and reason. We are the bridge between two. If you look at evolution, if you see, you know, like Spock on one end, really rationale, and on the other end, you just have primitive, impulsive people. We are like the bridge between the two. And uh, it's going to go away. I mean, we are going to become more and more as a species. We're going to even merge with technology. We're going to be less and less impulsive because it's just inferior. Being impulsive is inferior to think things through. The reason why I'm explaining this is because when you ask, ah, oh, how do I solve my ego? By really on a fundamental level, have your inner child understand that ego is not safe. And that reason is way more safe. And you can visualize that. There's a lot of strategies to do so. And that's how you can overcome that. Subscribe to youtube.com slash wins. Watch the live stream at twitch.tv slash live. And follow the real Athene on Snapchat.